Dar. He opened his eyes, and she saw that they were glistening. He put up his hand and made a gentle movement for her to go. She turned again and left the room. Her mother fussed in an unaccustomed manner, pinning her shawl and refastening the buttons on her dress. Then she gave her a little push. Go with Sam now and be a good lass. Do as his grand tells thee. She offered no kiss as her husband had done, nor any explanation as to why or where she was going. Emily looked up at Sam, but he kept his eyes on the ground and didn't look at her. He had a round, weather-browned face and wore a thick grey cotton smock and cord breeches and a floppy-brimmed hat on his brown hair. He picked up the empty wicker basket and prepared to move off. Go on then, Emily, her mother said again. Don't keep him waiting. The cottage stood at the end of a track with a small copse behind it. It was part of the estate where her father had been employed until he became ill six months before. Emily plodded behind Sam until she reached the end of the track and then looked back. Her mother was standing by the open door of the cottage, one hand shielding her eyes from the light, the other on her hip. Emily waved, but her mother made no answering sign. She took a few more steps and looked again. Her mother had gone. The door was closed, and there was no one standing by the uncurtained window. The only movement was a curl of smoke above the chimney pot from her father's fire. They journeyed out of the hamlet, Emily following in Sam's large footsteps and noting the women who stood in cottage doorways to watch them pass. They were almost at the limit of the estate when she saw a familiar figure coming towards them. It was her brother Joe, who, since he was eight, was helping with the harvest to earn money now that their father was ill. Emily had overheard her parents talking and agreeing that Joe was to be depended upon. There's no tells for it, her mother had said. Else we're for poor house. Hey, Em, where's the going? Joe's face was streaked as if he'd been crying, but his voice was curious. She shook her head. Don't know. Ma said I had to go with Sam. Sam had stopped a little way off and was waiting for her. Why's that not at work? He looked away from her and put a fist to his eyes. I've lost job. Maester said they didn't want anybody my age now they've finished harvest, even though overseer said I was a good worker for a little un. Joe was small for his age, no matter how he stretched himself, not much bigger than Emily, who was only five. Sam waved for Emily to come and she said hurriedly, he wanted thee, but, but Ma said no. She said I had to go. We've got a new hen, she added, unsure whether to be proud or sorry for the barter. Tell Dar thou saw me, Joe. He nodded and set off in the direction of home, then turned back and called. Shall thou be coming back, Em? Don't know, she shouted back. Don't be asking me questions. I can't answer. They walked all morning and into the afternoon, leaving behind her inland home, crossing the coach road which led towards the town of Hull and skirting by a tree-lined track 
a towered and turreted manor house set within a vast parkland, which was scattered with grazing sheep and cattle. They crossed over meadows and farmland, and by the time they reached the bustling market town of Hedden, Emily was almost crying with tiredness. Sam stopped at an inn and bought a tankard of ale for himself and a cup of water for Emily. They sat in the inn yard, and he put his face up to the warm sunshine. Not far now. Those were the first and only words he'd spoken to her, and she looked up at him and blinked. Then as he lifted his tankard to take a gulp of ale, she put her head down on the wooden table and closed her eyes. He shook her awake. Come on, I'll give thee a piggyback. He helped her up onto the table, and turning his back to her, bent forward for her to climb on.